0: Welcome back everybody to another episode of the Dark audio podcast with me this time out is somebody who is a I guess would you say what well, actually Reggie what is the the thing that you would like to be most known for like are you a musician a comedian an <laughs> instrumentalist what 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 are you
1: ah uh, well I mean I guess I would call myself a an improviser. An improviser, uh, yeah. Uh, in in that, whatever I like to do, whatever medium I'm choosing to do, I, I improvise. Or you know, if you want to become a little bit more generally specific, like a comedic improviser.
0: Okay. Anyway, so I'm talking to Reggie Watts. So, Reggie, welcome to the oh. show.
1: Yes, of course. We, 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 this, this show is plagued by technology. It's amazing.
0: I don't mind it, actually. I don't, I don't mind a bit of chaos.
1: <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm going to unplug this phone. Yeah. Goodbye. We are going to unplug you because you don't deserve to exist. Okay. Oops. It's on the bottom course. All right. I'm oh, plugging this okay. phone <laughs> now. Sorry. It's harder than you would think. Uh, okay. I'm just going to unplug it from the base. There we go. All right.
0: Okay. Whew. So, so is it fair to say that most people would know you from the, as being the sort of the band leader and announcer on the late, late show with James Corden?
1: Uh, I, I, I mean, it's a mixed bag because I've been doing what I've been doing for so long um, mm. that uh, you know, I, I mean, I think a, a more people know me. I mean, an increased amount of people know me because of that. But I definitely had a you know decent amount of people who knew me before that show as well. Also, also from uh, Comedy Bang Bang, which was another TV show I did.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was just watching before we started recording. I was watching a bit of your Netflix special, Spatial,
1: uh-huh. um,
0: <laughs> and then also a TEDx talk that you did here in Berlin from 2013 where you're almost satirizing the the TED talk platform which I thought was absolutely awesome <laughs> <laughs> I just thought how do you keep it how do you how do you keep a straight face when you're going architecture
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes it's uh well, you know, I'm such a huge fan of, uh, uh, of technology and, you know, the, uh, corporate, uh, product launch talks and, uh, you know, uh, innovation technology conference, uh, styles mm-hmm. of talking and so forth. I've always been a fan of it. And uh, I just, I just have there's so much joy when I get to kind of do it for real, um, <laughs> in my own way. And so right. it's just, it's just such an, uh, an eager feeling, you know, that it's just, I'm so excited. I'm like, Oh, I get to do this. You know? So so it's, it's, such a very natural, it's a natural feeling for me.
0: Well, I get, yeah, I guess if you're, if you, uh, you see yourself as an improviser, then you could probably just step into any role, right? Yes. Also you were in Pitch Perfect Two, which I haven't seen. I'm sorry. Oh I hate man, to, I hate to be the uh, the, the bad. When I, guy. Was,
1: when I was making that movie, I was like, you know, who's going to love this? John Darko. Just, <laughs> like, I, I, like the whole time we were filming, I was like, can't wait for John to see this. And then, so i was a little disappointed. I'm, 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 okay. I'm sorry
0: to crush crush your dreams here, <laughs> but but I did I did see you in uh, Shut Up and Play the Hits, the LCD Sound System movie. Oh yes, yeah, which is. Just, I mean, that's just one of my, one of my favorite things ever, actually, that, that whole show. It's so joyous. It's just, the, just the atmosphere of that thing. It's quite hard to get it right, I think, in concert movies, but I think they, they did, they got it right in that, in, in that particular film.
1: I think so too. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, <clears throat> it was, you know, it's it a very, it was a very, uh, surreal experience, you know, cause I, we had, I had met them on the road, uh, with, uh, well, there's a there's a, a, a big kind of Lollapalooza style uh, concert touring concert uh, event that would happen in New mm. Zealand and Australia called uh, Big Day Out, and it doesn't exist anymore.
0: Yeah, I used to. Well, I think I went once when I lived in Australia.
1: Oh, you did. Um, yeah, it's yeah. the best. It's like such a such a blast. I mean, I don't know as a concert goer, but as for like, you know for musicians and for the artists, they call it Big Day Off. Um, because right. it's, it's just a huge, it's just a huge vacation i mean you're you know yeah. you're you're in a city for a couple of days and you know you put up in a hotel and yeah uh, you know you're taking flights and it's just crammed full of all these amazing artists you know and you just right. feel like a bunch of puppets traveling traveling from city to city uh having a absolute blast um so yeah so i i met them there because we were we lived in the same area in Williamsburg, uh, Brooklyn at the time, and we you know uh, okay. knew people who knew people. and so I kind of knew them. And you know we're kind of close to the same age. And so when we would hang out backstage, we had awesome conversations about like you know musical influences and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'd hang out with James and Nancy primarily. And then when I got back from that tour a couple months, you know I'd heard that LCD was doing that show. Uh, mm. And it was going to be originally just one show at Madison Square Garden, but then scalpers, you know, bought up all the tickets and started raising the prices, and so mm-hmm. they added four free shows um, and uh, and devalued those tickets, uh, and which was great. It was a great move. And so then I got an email saying that they wanted they were interested in me being a part of the show, and mm. I was like taken aback and thought that was amazing. But then on top of it, the song that they wanted me to do. And the part that they wanted me to sing in that song sounds exactly like a sample that I used in an earlier band that I had in the 90s called Mach 2. Uh And whenever I would hear this song out live, I I always thought it was that someone, I didn't know it was LCD Sound System. And when I heard the song, I was like, oh, someone might have sampled me (laughs) from that song. It's weird. It would always catch me every time, no matter a bar or wherever I was, I'd hear it and I'd be like, you can't hide. And I'd be like, what is that? no and um and then when they, i came into the rehearsal space and they played me the the song and the part that they wanted me to sing i was like this guys this is really weird but not only did i not know that this song belonged to you guys but and then i told them the whole story and, they, and and i played them the original song or mm. my song from octave and everyone was like that's really weird so the whole circumstance surrounding like how I got there and then the, the what I was actually asked to perform was very very surreal but that last performance yes was uh, absolutely uh, it was just incredible the in- level of energy was just inexplicable
0: right right and then lastly I mean I'm just looking <laughs> I'm sorry I'm looking at your Wikipedia because there's this, <laughs> this really weird credit at the end it says Star Wars the rise of Skywalker as additional voices
1: I'm like mm-hmm. what <laughs> Really? So mm-hmm. you
0: I guess technically you were in Star Wars.
1: I was I was in Star Wars. Yes, I was um <laughs> uh very strange. Yeah. I um that was another weird story because it happened so quickly, but I was at home and I knew JJ Abrams from years past because he was interested hmm. in what I was doing. Like he just wanted to meet me at one point when I was in LA and he apparently he does that often with people that he like looks at YouTube and sees people and things like that, so I met him and and we you know we have a lot of similar interests in science fiction and you know theories on design and stuff like that. And so we so we are kind of friends, you know, friends enough. And uh, and then I texted him and was like, hey man, I'd love to hang out. You know, come by the studio, come by Bad Robot sometime. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm in editing hell right now, but we're trying to finish this movie. But yeah, afterwards. So I was like, okay, great. No worries. And then like half an hour later, he texts back saying, hey, do you want to do a voice for the movie? And I was like, yeah, or of course. Yeah. He's like, can you be in the studio, at the studio within an hour? And I was like, yeah. And so I, so I like got my car, drove to the studio, uh, found, uh, God, I unplugged the phone. This is amazing. <laughs> How is this even possible?
0: It's just, it just it's, lives it's,
1: it's haunted. Let's <laughs> say, wow, that that is amazing. Okay, I think it's just because the the phones are networked. Uh, they're like okay. satellite phones. Okay. Anyways, right. I'll start over. I'll just say, uh, no, uh, you can keep going. It's okay, fine. Good. I'm gonna I'm
0: gonna leave all this random shit in. Oh, no worries. good, good,
1: they, good. God bless you. Um, <laughs> so so uh, anyway, so I show up at the studio. I'm trying to find mm. where the studio is on the lot. And he keeps telling me uh, it's un- it's uh, this the way to it is if you see the Julie Andrews mural from the Sound of Music then you know you're on the right path and huh. then I saw it and I was like okay cool yeah 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 and then I finally figured it out went into the studio was in the you know uh, one of the multiple like theater size rooms with like the giant screens so they can mix in the theater THX environment and hmm. uh, or the Dolby Atmos. Um, environment and uh so I'm like there's a microphone set up I'm standing there JJ's directing me and all I have is like maybe three lines like follow me you know uh and then I say <laughs> some alien line like and, and uh and I was doing the voice for Lando Calricean while he was in his mask. So so uh. so I did the voice of Lando Calrician um while he was in his mask. He directed me, I said the lines it was really groovy. We hung out for a little bit that was it. Next day I am doing a, uh, I'm a guest on an alien talk show that's going to be out on Disney plus at some point. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, and I'm on the couch and there's this giant, this like 15 foot alien piloted by four people. And, uh, and I'm sitting on the couch and, and, uh, and they're like, oh, you know, there's another guest on this episode, but he, we taped him earlier and I'm like, who was it? And they're like, Billy D Williams. <laughs> and I was like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian was 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 <laughs> was the guest today that you shot, and last night I just did the voice of Lando Calrissian. Then wow. then the guest on the Late Late Show when I went to tape that day was uh-huh. Julie Andrews.
0: Whoa! Well, that's a little bit spooky
1: it's 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 really weird this kind of stuff like tends to happen to me and i'm and i'm you know i'm a kind of partial simulation theory person you know and it definitely doesn't discount the possibility so anyways but yes that that's that's how that's that's my voice in star wars so
0: (laughs) you know when i was watching the force awakens when that first came out i was like i think about i don't know Two thirds the way through, and there's this moment where this this sort of reasonably tall, bald guy looks past the camera, and I'm looking at this guy momentarily, going, "That looks a lot like Matt Johnson from the the," but it I can't was. be because right because it's it's Star Wars, right? right? And Matt Johnson lived in London, but no, it actually was him. Like, uh, see, he had this cameo in. I'm pretty sure it was the Force Awakens. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> How did he get that? But I think again, like you, he knew somebody. I mean not probably not as close as you but like knew somebody who was involved with the film wow. and was asked to just be a cameo because I think a lot of people want to do that but I thought that was really cool you know uh, like
1: that's so great know, that's I don't know whether
0: you're a the, the fan or not but Oh I mean, yeah
1: Mind Bomb is one of my favorite records. Um, it's a great record yeah. It's a such a, I mean that was like my intro to it and I, you know and um yeah I mean absolutely a very very important band of the last uh, few few decades for sure that people kind of don't understand <laughs> that, that they are, <laughs> but they are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because most of my friends are like, oh, the, the, I don't know, you know, it's like, yeah, maybe, you know, it's always in the fringe, but I think. Uh,
0: uh, right. And then they say, I'll
1: Google it. Yes. I know. And then they'll Google, <laughs> and it, then, then they Google it. And then they are <laughs> like, oh, shit. And I'm like, yeah, I told you.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a very a sort of, a, a quite, well, him, the, the, Matt yeah. Johnson is a very acquired taste. Um, but I think, What's interesting about Mind Bomb is that the ideas suggested in that um, album and also in the interviews that supported it, because I remember having a Saturday job um, and go. I, w- I worked in a supermarket and I had to go up into sort of like the, the canteen where nobody was at 5 p.m. because I knew that Matt Johnson was going to be interviewed and uh. they had a radio in the canteen area. And I effectively bunk- bunked off work for like 45 minutes just so I could listen to this this radio interview because I was like 16 so 88, yeah, 88, 16, yeah. So, um, j- because the I didn't want to miss it, there was no way in the world that I was missing this interview, no matter what, even if I got fired. Um, and I heard it when it was fascinating, but he was, t- you know, talking about the rise of Islam and, um, right, really the, sort of the dark terrorism that would, would necessarily would possibly come along with that, yes, um, which we'd already seen in Libya conflicts. I don't want to get too much into politics here, but I just, sure, think, sure. you know, like in, in the late 80s. It's almost like Matt Johnson foresaw a lot of what would come. Um,
1: yes. Well, yeah. It's. Yeah. I think it's an Australian mindset, too. What is? Well, I mean, at that time, like the the. Um, were there were there any uh, Australian um, members into the? Not that I'm aware of, no. Oh, okay. For some reason, I always related them to, because I was listening to a lot of Midnight Oil, and they were kind of, you know, a very political uh, band. Okay. So in my, in my head, I always assumed that uh, they were Australian. I don't know. I don't They're know, British. Ask. Don't ask yeah, me Yeah, very, why. very,
0: yeah, very like English
1: Extremely, band. extremely British. Um, like, <laughs> like maximum British. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good recovery. Yeah, thank you uh you focus because je suis an idiot but um, no, 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 no 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 i'm just kidding but uh yeah but in my as a kid you know because we're mm. roughly the same age um I, I you know i just kind of i was listening to, to bands that were political you know or, or dead kennedy's and, and things of mm. that that note and when i heard mind bomb it reminded me of the 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 angle uh that midnight oil had like that approach a little bit more artful and a little bit more poetic. Um, right. but, but it matched that, that spirit of like, uh, you know, things are, uh, power, power is distributed incorrectly and, uh, uh, right. and ideologies, uh, are oftentimes dangerous. You know, that kind of idea as a kid, as a 16 year old kid that, that was, you know, that made my mind go into an amazing place.
0: I mean, I guess records like that. I mean, I don't know whether they were for you, but they were, I guess for me, they were a political awakening, like I mean, I wasn't. I mean, obviously, I knew what. But yeah, the politics that was going on on the TV, but it didn't really sort of hit home until I listened to the the or the Style Council or Billy Bragg, mm. or to a lesser extent the Smiths, because it was a bit more abstract with them.
1: Right, right, right.
0: But I didn't actually. I didn't come to the Smiths until later. Actually, until I was about eighteen, I was a very after they split up. I was a, I was a very late bloomer when it
1: came to the Smiths. Oh wow! But, yeah,
0: yeah. So I didn't get to hear them. So when was Strange Ways, because that is their best record? Oh,
1: are you kidding? I was just going to say, Strange Ways, here we come. I mean, that's uh, my absolute favorite uh, Smith's record, 100%. Um, that would have come out... I was listening to that when I was 15. So 87, right? I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah. But I mean, because people normally nominate the Queen is Dead as the best Smith's record, I, and I disagree.
1: I don't, I don't know why. I think that... I think, well, I mean, I, I, I could venture a guess, but I mean, Strange Ways... Was uh, to me a cohesive full statement, and mm-hmm. it was very dark, very, very, very moody. Um, and mm. just like, um, what's the song that takes forever to start? Oh, last uh, night I dreamt bah, da, 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 that somebody loved me. Yeah, that I just love that, that song when I, because I, I, you know, I was a. You know, I, I was young and, and you know in high school, and we were doing different types of droogs. And uh, and when that, <laughs> when that song, I mean, it was like very cold in Montana and rainy, and mm. and uh, and that was a. Uh, it just had an effect on me. It just like got into me in a way that uh, other Smiths records didn't do as much. Even though my friends were listening to Smiths uh, early prior to that, like in the when I was in junior high and so forth.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess for me it was more varied and I think the production was more interesting and less one-dimensional. And maybe, I, th- I think it just sounds like there was more money spent on it as well.
1: <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's possibly <laughs> true, I guess.
0: <laughs> but so, yeah, because, I mean, are you technically German, Reggie? I mean, you were born in Germany, right?
1: Yeah, I was born in Stuttgart, but I am not German, no. Uh, my father was in the... Um, Air Force, and mm. uh, or sorry, I guess at the time I was get confused, but Air Force, and um, and mm. so I was born there, but um, I didn't have citizenship, and uh, didn't have citizenship for a while, uh, till I was four. Then I became an American citizen. Um okay. so I was kind of citizenless, but I do, I have my heart is definitely more in the German side of things, even though my mother's French, and I love French culture and I love the language for sure, but I'm more. Mm cognitively (laughs) um associated to german like i just i pride i I am obsessed with uh, efficiency good design (laughs) function, functionality and and pragmatism so um and and
0: cliches as well
1: right (laughs) and 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 and, and cliches but it's it's just true i remember getting (laughs) into an argument. i mean you know because it's like i you know i thought like well yeah maybe you know i mean obviously the products reflect that but um you know because for me like Audio gear, both autom- uh, a- automobiles and, uh, and audio gear are, mm. are philosophies. And arguably you could say almost anything that's designed and sold as a product is a type of a philosophy. But um, an, an automobile, especially, well, sa- sound equipment, like the technical gear required to reproduce sound, um, mm. from a German standpoint, they're very, very serious about mm-hmm, it, and yes. they're serious, and they have been, and they were the, the early innovators um, mm-hmm. of um, obviously the best microphones in the world, the best headphones in the world, the best amplifiers in the world, the best circuitry in the world, new technologies, so forth. And obviously, there are many other countries that are incredible at it as well. But the Germans, as a kid, like I was like, yeah, if it's German, it's probably great. And then I remember <laughs> having an argument uh, in a kitchen, well, not an argument, uh, just a heated discussion with a woman from Germany. I think she was from Brandenburg. Mm-hmm. And she, we just had this huge discussion about uh, the garbage can in the kitchen of this house that we were at, uh, where we're talking <laughs> about how when you take out the liner, there's like a uh, kind of a, uh, you know, like a, a metal hinged uh, grab handle, you know, that kind of like falls flat when when the garbage is or when the bin is inside of the dis- the dispenser, I guess, uh-huh. and, and so when you pull it up, it always rips the bag. When you, when you would pull on the handle to pull out the whole like receptacle in order to change uh-huh. the bag, it would rip. It would put holes in the bag. And we were we were like, why do they do this? And we were so angry. And then we started talking about vacuum cleaners. And we were talking about like, why do... She was like, I don't understand. Why do they design it like this? You can't go under the the you can't go under the furniture and it's not efficient and it takes too much power and the big it creates dust as you you know and i and we talked probably for an hour in the kitchen about mm. about rubbish bins and vacuum cleaners and i was so happy to, to spend that much time talking about those things i was like i never get to talk about those things because i all these little tiny niggling things they always get to me and i feel like i'm a like a a jerk in some ways because I'm so hard on technology and design. But um, so all that to say that the German aspect is, I kind of have a little bit of that or identify a a little bit with that, at least on a technical level.
0: Right. So I mean, you, you, because one of the reasons we're talking today or probably the major reason we're talking today is that I know that you're really into um, audio gear. And I, I watched you on the Joe Rogan podcast a few, was it a few weeks ago? Yeah. And you were talking about, well, you touched on playback gear. He was asking about vinyl and you were talking about your B&O speakers that you have. Is that right?
1: Yeah. 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 And
0: then you were, and what I love about this this video, what I love about you being on the Joe Rogan podcast is that you, essentially you've told 3 million people that flag files are awesome, which <laughs> I think is, is really wonderful. Um, but tell me what you think about this because i i i did feel that um because joe rogan then brought up henry rollins who's is well documented as a, a diehard audiophile but then but then he showed rollins's speakers right these wilson alexandria xfs LXs, yeah. XF. and i thought oh no because anybody you've just said to the audience if you have a nice hi-fi system, not Sonos, which I, I was like, yes, I, I almost punched the air when you said that. But then it cuts to these big sort of alien droids and people are going to go, well, if I don't, <laughs> if I don't have Sonos, do I have to have these kind of six foot monoliths in my lounge room? Uh-huh. You know, because I, do you know what I mean? Like, yes. Like I thought about the messaging and I thought people are going to think that audiophiles, if they're not into Sonos, it means... Mega, mega, mega expensive loudspeakers that look like they might probe you during the night.
1: If you <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No. 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 I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I right. mean. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, like, yeah. You know, it's it's funny. It's 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 the way that something is projected. I mean, I guess that the intent. You know, the, the intent we, was great. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, the intent was great. I and mean, obviously, we didn't go into too much detail about it, but you mm. know, I mean, uh, you can. There's so many videos, and including videos that you've made, I'm sure, that talk about budget sound systems. You know, because if you, it's kind of like the argument that uh, I've found that people will get into about enthusiasm or enthusiasts uh, mm. of of a particular genre of whatever it is. But mm-hmm. if you pick, um, uh, well, pick pick. Cars, for instance, because that's just kind of like a general um, topic. There are people who are automobile enthusiasts, right? Mm -hmm. And so, oftentimes, uh, people will then segregate within the that uh, platform, and they'll say, "Well, you know, this is better than that, or this is better than that." But an enthusiast will always say, "I love everything from an AMC Gremlin to uh, uh, to a Koenigsegg Jemera." You know, like the, huge, the, the massive range that exists. And right, and, right. And, and so it's like, well, uh, I like hydrogen fuel cell-powered cars. I like electric <laughs> cars. I like gas-powered cars. But, uh, you know, although in my case, I definitely lean towards renewables. Um, but uh, but I appreciate the engineering that goes behind uh, these things. And it happens at mm. every level. So, therefore, for relating that to sound gear, it's the same thing. You could find, a, you know, some bookshelf speakers, some near-field monitors that, are relatively flat and really good workhorses, and they sound pretty good and pretty detailed for for a little little money and a really nice integrated amplifier uh, for little money. Because I've definitely experienced that when I would mm. troll and visit hi fi stores constantly in the '90s in Seattle when I was living there. So you know, I'd stop in all the time, and they'd be like, "Hey, you want to know a secret? Like, what? See that amp over there? It's three hundred dollars. It's actually amazing." And uh, like oh, really? It's like, yeah, but just keep it on the down <laughs> <You> know. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, there it is.
0: No, but thats I mean, you're absolutely right, because I mean, I guess I would, in you know, using your definition, I would class myself as an enthusiast, because I can find joy in almost everything. So whether it's yeah. a $500 speaker or even a five grand pair of headphones, I yep. mean, cynics might say, well, of course you should with five grand pair of headphones, but obviously that's you're still factoring in the price into all of these sort of um assessments and also yeah you know, i guess the pleasure that one derives from these products is determined also by how much money you have to spend on them yes so you know what i guess I, I mean i'm i'm not <laughs> i hope i don't sound like i'm being too hard on the on the the, uh, the joe rogan segment <laughs> You know, because I do feel bad, but it, I just thought, oh no, I really wish you'd shown something more, more down to earth.
1: Yeah. You like know? if you would have shown the speakers I was talking about. <laughs>
0: so they are the, the you've got, the,
1: is it I've got Labs? the, I've got the, yeah, the 18s.
0: Okay. So they're the tall sort of skinny ones. Is that right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the towers. Yeah. With the uh, right. sub, so 2.1 system, but it's, uh, and it took a while for them to actually sound good, but you know, I just, I, for me, it was also partially designed. You know, I wanted something that yeah. matched my home. Um, and, you know, I, I love being wowed, obviously, by incredibly detailed, very precise, flat sound systems. Um, mm. But uh, I also take aesthetics into account. So, you know, the BNO 18s Definitely. might not be like the absolute pinnacle of sound production, but, and, and obviously they're very expensive, but they are mm. built like tanks. They look really excellent, um, and over time they kind of burn in and start developing a really beautiful characteristic. Um, and so,
0: right.
1: you know, that, that's the reason why I, I chose them. I wanted things that, like, when you came into the room, you're not like, "Oh, there's those speakers," you know, because I don't have a yeah. hi-fi room. It's just my, and it's like my living room, and you know, I list and a listening room. Yeah. Well, it's the same
0: for me. It's, it's, my list. I mean, my living room is my listing room. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't sort of, I actually, I find it very hard to relate to people who have sort of this second dedicated listing room, especially when there's only like one chair. Whereas for me, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Cause it just says, yes. this is, this is my isolation space, which I guess if you have a family and you know, you probably want to be on your own quite a bit of the time, but you yeah. know, I, I like to see listing rooms with couches sort of all around the place and Not everybody has to sit in the sweet spot because it doesn't really matter when you're sharing that experience because it's just really the music and then you can have your own solitary experience later. You know, you can do both.
1: Yeah, totally. And I mean, and that's what really nice headphones are for. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, ultimately, I mean, it's certainly not, it's nice to not have headphones and listen to open speakers, of course, but there's just... Uh, you know, but I agree with you. And my point is like, I think that, you know, sound should be shared and, you know, you can't be like too OCD about your listening exactness.
0: Yeah. But your Instagram tells me that you recently visited Alex Russon.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Thanks to uh, John Tejada. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. he He's amazing.
0: And you got to pour the molds for the, yeah. the ear cups, isn't that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Both John and I. Uh, poured our poured our hearts out. Uh, we we uh, <laughs> we uh, we really went for it. Um, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was yeah, it was such an amazing experience. You know, I mean, it you know, it's also weird because it's the COVID thing. But we like sh- show up and everybody's got masks and lab coats. And uh, but we went in the back and uh, mm. yeah, it's an interesting pouring the, the chemicals and feeling the chemicals heat up and then choosing you know they're heating up on their own because of the chemical reaction and then you're. You know, choosing uh, these—I don't know what the technical uh, term is for—but these like colored powders uh, to add uh, to create the the color mixture, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. And they and they they actually they're made pretty quickly, like uh, you know, because you have a window of time before they start to set. And so it was it was it was just really nice. Like I love that idea of you know uh, being a part of the thing that you'll be using.
0: It's great, isn't it? Yeah. So did you get did you get to take away your Rad Zero headphones that day, or are they being shipped separately?
1: They're going to be. It takes two weeks for them to right. uh, polish it, and uh, and I think they probably have a queue uh, for assembling things. Um, right. But uh, yeah, so it, it takes two weeks, something like that. Um, yeah. But the, the the interesting thing that I learned about those headphones is that they they they're already pre burned when you get them. Right. Which I think is a courtesy all headphone makers should should do to a certain extent but you would know more about that
0: well i guess you'd be surprised the number of the companies that do it because of um returns because they Uh, they, obviously if you right because obviously if you don't burn in drivers more headphones will come back than not than if you do burn them in so i mean this is true of loudspeakers as well and also electronics so I can think of, um, you know, one place I've been to is Zoo Audio in Utah, and they have a whole burn-in rig that, you know, runs their drivers for many, many hours before they're even fitted to a speaker cabinet. Wow. So, you know, they're fully burnt in, well, or at least, yeah, partially burnt in before they ship because, obviously, they want to maximize the experience out of the box. It's I think it's too risky to kind of have the just sort of a cold, you know, non-flex driver.
1: Yeah, God, I would have, would have never thought about that. Yeah, that totally makes sense, of course.
0: What what hi-fi system did you have before the B&O, and, and before that, and before that? Because, I, mean, I mean, you talked about 90s, gro- oh, living in Seattle, hi-fi stores. You must have been through some, did you have gear then, or not? Yeah.
1: I I had I had a little bit of gear I um I didn't really you know before like the the, the first real system that I bought would have been mm. in Seattle and uh, and I held on to it for a very long time but it was a uh, it was an uh, it's what's the offshoot of NAD is it AMC
0: oh my goodness, you're asking the wrong person.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah only, any... only
0: because of, I've only been doing this like 10 years. Oh, okay. And so all the sort of history.
1: Okay, interview um... over. <laughs> <laughs> get in the bin, <laughs> <on>. John. <laughs> Why
0: do I waste my time with this answer? Um, <laughs> no,
1: jeez. Uh, no, yeah, no, I get it. I just remember there was like, you know, at NAD, there was like a, a couple engineers from NAD that made their own company. And mm. I think it was... I want to say it was amc which is kind of strange but
0: i think you're right i'm just i'm just googling it very f- furiously now just to kind of Please. try and salvage a, a son of reputation yeah. and i think i'm failing <laughs> but yeah. i'm seeing amc and nad in the same search results so okay. i
1: think it, that might uh, be that might yes be you right. are
0: right it is amc that you're talking about oh okay Oof.
1: yeah okay good good <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> Yeah, so I bought an AMC amplifier. I don't know the model, but it was an integrated, mm. simple integrated amplifier. Um, really nice, just kind of um, uh, really good. Uh, I think it was a, uh, a radial power supply or something like that. Uh, uh. Uh, discrete circuitry, all that stuff, all that good stuff. Um, mm. And uh, and then I got some. I think they're TDL near yes. field monitors. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're like you know pretty small. Uh, like almost mm. bookshelf size. And I got some really nice heavy stands for them. And uh, I got mm. this Nordost uh, blue heaven <laughs> ribbon cable. Okay. Right. So I had those and they actually gave me those, uh, the audio store that I would visit. I forget. I think it was Rod's audio and, and uh, or Rod's hi-fi or something like that. Anyways, they, they borrowed them, they lent them to me and then they never asked for them back. And I was kind of like, too shy to, to like say like, hey, do you guys want this back? Um, but anyway, so I held on to those those the, those wires for a long time. But that was my that was my basic system. I had that, and I think uh, CD player wise, I I think I got a. It might have been an AMC CD player as well.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, that was it. That was my system for a, a very long time, and obviously I had an AUG's input as well. Um, right.
0: So was was yeah. this during the. Um... I guess the rise and fall of grunge really was it during that sort of time.
1: It would have been at that point. It would have been the fall of grunge um, because uh, all of that arguably ended probably like ninety four. Uh, yeah. Uh, because you know, obviously, the ripples continue to ripple outwards. You know, but the epicenter has already changed. You know, mm. <laughs> so uh, you know, we it it, it hit and it had been gone done for a little while, and I would have gotten that system probably in ninety seven. Something like okay.
0: that,
1: yeah. And I, or maybe even maybe a little later, ninety eight. But uh, yeah, and I held on to that system. I moved to New York with it, and I think I just had that system until I thought that I might have bought a different integrated amplifier. But I think that I, I think it was just that for the longest huh. time. And then I got like a Rega or Riga record player uh, with that had its uh, with a uh, a preamp um, yeah. and line conditioner and hooked it into that system. And yeah, and still had those, those same speakers because they were, they were plenty loud and obviously there was no sub, but it was a simple system and they, and it sounded really good. And I always lived in tiny, uh, apartments, so right. I didn't really need anything more than that. Um, and then, and then when I moved to, to LA, that's when I purchased the BNO and 18s, which is a different philosophy in in hi-fi. Um, completely yeah yeah um you know everything's integrated and they're using proprietary wireless transmission all that stuff but uh but i wanted to check it out and um you know i I love it it sounds great i i dream of having you know maybe a classic macintosh system someday or maybe perhaps just going down a rabbit hole with your videos and just a being a bunch of stuff and coming up with something really groovy but
0: yeah well i think there's a lot to be said as as you've alluded to or well, not, he alluded to. You've explicitly said that you you bought them for looks as well, because I mean, I, I think looks are hugely important because there are pieces of furniture that have to, you know, sit in your room. You've got to look at them every day. Um, but I, I guess I wondered, you know, what do, you know, when you had your sort of AMC system, your you know, TDLs, did, when people visited your house or when you I don't know, had friends over, did people comment on this? I mean, in the nineties, was it a weird thing or? Did other people have hi-fi systems still? Do you remember? I mean, oh, you know, because me and my friends did, but we were a bit oddball in that respect. So we all kind of, well, most of us had hi-fi systems, but I, I was never really sort of cognizant of people who, who didn't. So,
1: right, right, um, yeah, you know, I didn't really get to. You know, most of my friends were uh were kind of all over the place like artist wise they were like artists and weirdos and mm. a lot of times they just used whatever they had you know yeah, or, yeah. you know as long as it made sound they were happy um which is great but um i you know my growing up my friend he has a kind of unfortunate to an english person's um ear name um john thomas is his name <laughs> and
0: uh, <laughs> and uh, Sorry, give me a second. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you did recover. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, that's so good. That's so good. <laughs>
1: it's ridiculous. Uh, that is yeah. ridiculous. I know, it oh, is. My, his his mother... childhood
0: must have been miserable.
1: Well, you know, in the eighties in Montana, like no one really knew. You know, okay. like unless you were like unless you watched BBC, you know, which was like right. probably not that many people in Great Falls, Montana. Um mm. but he no, he knew of it, of course, and we knew of it, but it was actually wasn't that big of a of a thing. But okay. every time I would say his name to an English friend, they'd be like, You're joking. I'm like, No, that's 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 his name. It's a very common sounding name, but that's why it's used the way it is. Yeah. Um but and also he, British people are very
0: pure in their and sense that, of
1: humor. So <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that's true. Well that's what gives it the edge. Yes. Um, <laughs> um let's see full on 100 um yeah he he was he was a he was the guy that turned me on to a lot of the great music they listened to i mean i heard the smiths mm. for the first time through him but he was a big uh hi-fi head and you know we were huh. always like research he told me about like, the nakamichi dragon you oh, know yeah. <laughs> and you know the legendary nakamichi dragon and um He would, uh, you know, he was constantly reading Hi-Fi magazines and reading about like voltage and amps and all kinds of theories about sound reproduction and drivers, different materials Mm. that were used, housings, all that stuff. And so I I was, I was very much into it, and you know, also with car stereos at the time were really big in the eighties, and so you know, uh, we we were just nuts about that stuff. And then he built his own speakers uh, for his '68 Cutlass. Uh, Oldsmobile and uh, put them in the back and like wooden enclosures and you know made his own cables and stuff like that and still to this day he's like kind of like a like a hodgepodge audiophile Uh you you know like he he knows about high end systems Um, you know he was I think he had Advent prodigies uh, back in the back in the day Um, and uh, we had those in an apartment that we lived in in Seattle when I first moved there and. Mm. You know, so he he would get nice things, but a lot of times he would buy drivers and things uh, off on- online and build his own uh, systems uh, for cheap because he just he just didn't make a lot of money. Um, Hmm. and he's also a bicycle head, like he's like repairs bicycle, has 18 bicycles and like constantly building different (laughs) configurations. So he's like one of those guys, but he's a, he's a tinkerer, but he loves audio and, uh, you know, has very strongly opinionated, but so he, he was like the closest person that I knew in Seattle that was really in the hi-fi. And then of course you have the live performance side of things, which is a whole different basket of worms, uh, for, you Mm -hmm. know, amps and speakers and, um, uh, reinforcement systems but so on the hi-fi tip i didn't really have a lot uh, i would go to the, that's why i went to the stereo shops so i would go there and uh there was a guy who worked there he had a great name his name was leland leard <laughs> just i know
0: out. i know leland you know leland yeah of course yeah what yeah i'm pretty sure it's the same I we're talking about the same guy because he now works for uh roy hall musical turntables oh
1: wow yeah crazy yeah well say hi to him for me i I haven't seen him since the the old days but he he was he he played he would know this story but uh he was the first guy or he was there during the moment that i realized why hi-fi systems can be so expensive Uh uh-huh you know where i would i would visit the shop all the time and i visited when it was about to close and he had some friends you know a young guy at the time and Younger guy and the me and uh, he had some friends over and he, and, he, and he was about to close the store. He was like, "Hey man, do you want to get your your mind fried or something like that?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, sounds like drugs. I'm into it." And uh, he uh, had uh, he closed the shop and he had like three friends and who went in the back room and smoked out a little bit and mm-hmm. uh, and then went into the showroom um, and sat down on this couch and then he proceeded to he just said here is a bill evans trio album um mm-hmm. you know here's it's, it's uh it's pressed on this whatever 180 gram <laughs> whatever uh vinyl and uh mm-hmm. here's the uh here's the turntable we're using here's the cartridge we're using here are the cable the cables are routed to this here's the uh line conditioner here is the preamp you know he just went down the entire system yeah and basically in total the system ended up being like i don't know it's a ridiculous amount of money it was like close to 80 grand or something like that. Maybe, maybe possibly more. And I just thought to myself like, what, that is so insane. What's, you know, why, I don't get, you know. And then we sat down on the couch and he lowered the lights, put the needle on the record, and almost within the first minute, everybody around me was dead silent and you could hear everything in that room. The the recording Mm. was incredible. But the, you could hear everything—the air of the room, the the shifting uh, of the the upright bass player, like on the mm-hmm. on the floor, everything—and uh, we it was holographic. We were there, and then almost everybody started like tearing up, like everyone was kind mm. of crying a little bit. I mean, not bawling, but you know, tearing up, and and yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. it was just an overwhelming feeling. And then that's when I thought about it. I was like, oh. That's why it costs so much money. The reason why it costs so much money is it's not about the system um yelling how much money it is. And certainly you could definitely go that way if you want to like put it in your living room and showcase everything. But Mm. it's it's about the system uh being invisible from from the registered experience to the re-experience. Um and that's that was like a huge revelation for me. And that's kind of like it changed my thinking on price versus uh gear um it took my head out of like oh this is expensive that's why uh uh, it should sound good do you know what i mean like it it was it was more like here's an exorbitant system here's an exorbitant display of like all these crazy hyper specialized things but in the end because of the selection of the person who put the system together it the system didn't matter the system just got out of the way it's like you're paying a lot of money for the system to go away And and right. I thought I thought that was interesting.
0: What what year was that, Reggie?
1: Oh man, that would have been again. Like I'm going to say mid 90s. I'm, I'm terrible. It's like right. Between 95 and 99 for sure.
0: That's really funny that it, that was Leland Laird. That's, that's 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 yeah. That's amusing.
1: Yeah, Leland Laird. I just thought think he had the coolest name ever.
0: Well, he still does. Yeah. Still. But yeah. Does, yeah. He, he, yeah. <laughs> No, you also have a portable player and I would imagine you probably have a, quite a few sets of headphones as well, I'm guessing.
1: Yes, yes, I do. I have, uh, you know, they're like shoes, you know, kind of, you know, <laughs> I, I have to try every, my thing is like, I, I just have to try all the all the headphones. Right. Um, some of them, I'm not trying them in, in, in the best conditions, obviously. Like if mm-hmm. I get some Sennheiser, I have like the new, are they the 850s? The 800s the glass with the glass, uh, glass closed back
0: yeah so oh God
1: oh the concave goodness. glass yeah yeah is um, is
0: it 820
1: maybe oh God, it may be, m- maybe I, it is
0: I'd forgotten about them because they haven't really um made the waves that I think uh, they thought really closed yeah
1: yeah but I, but I had like the six what were they the 650s or 600s yes yeah,
0: 650s uh, yeah yeah All the 600s yeah
1: yeah I had yeah. I had those for quite a while I really love those. I uh, still have those. And then I had some Audis, um, signature pros, um, okay, that were amazing closed back headphones. I really, really love those. Those are my favorite, like general headphone for everything. Um, it's like a workhorse uh, for podcasting, the, whatever.
0: The big heavy ones were the kind of the um, the wooden cups.
1: No, they they have uh, they're they're brown with. Um, I could have it could be. Uh, not uh, did I say Audis? I think you, yes, you might have done. That. Uh, wh- who's uh, what's the other uh, what's the other brand that has that triangle as the symbol? It's like Audio a Audio Technica. Yes, I think it's uh, it might be Audio Technica Signature right. Series Pro, I believe. Okay, um, and I thought I lost them for a long time, but I, I got them back. They they just sound really really great. They're really good workhorse uh, headphones, and um, but uh. Yeah, so I have, so I have. I guess what I mean is, like, some of those headphones really need to be uh, need to go through preamp, you know, and then and then have like a really nice, you know, playback device. Uh, And I don't quite have that, so but I do Mm -hmm. have the new Astell and Kern player um, that sounds absolutely fantastic with the new uh, Campfire Audio Solaris.
0: Um, right okay so you're an, another campfire fan I'm, yeah. I'm kind of worried that my podcast is turning into the campfire audio channel because i this week i just spoke to Alessandra cortini about a whole bunch of headphones yeah john tejada is a fan um of the polaris and yes. the solaris as well and you've got the solaris so yes yeah it's like a it's a disease man. It, it, it's, it is a
1: disease <laughs> totally it's a disease but i mean like they they sound insane i mean they're they do they're like, you know, I put those things on and, you know, I've sat in hi-fi shops and put on some pretty expensive headphones um, mm. and obviously the, the, you know, an open-backed experience with the proper system in the properly, uh, you know, sound-deadened room is, is incredible, but these achieve that um, very much so. It's a very emotional experience and uh, very natural, very easy. Uh, it's, it's just... It's just cool. And John is super impressed with it. I I got him a pair for his birthday and uh, he just freaked out and he just writes me like every other day is just like, these sound incredible. I got this, uh, you know, I got this special adapter, which enables me to use it for mixing.
0: Right. Because he had to get the impedance adapter for his Sennheiser um, headphone amplifier.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So that, because I think, yes. It fixes it.
1: yeah, because yeah. otherwise they sounded crappy. Because I started I, the first time I listened to them was on my uh, Apollo Eleven uh, audio interface, and right. and I knew that, that that's not what they're they're for, you know, necessarily. Um, hmm. and, but it was very remarkably terrible. And then when uh, oh, <laughs> like like really tinny and gross sounding, and yeah, uh, that's the not,
0: thing. Yeah, not yeah.
1: broken, but just like not not good. And then right. um, and then when John he got one for me. And I plugged it in, and I was like, "Holy crap! This is like night and day. This sounds insane." Um, and then, of course, with the Astle and Kern player, uh, I forget the model. They always have like SP whatever two thousand five hundred. Yeah, there's a
0: whole bunch of them, isn't there? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: The, the newest one, whatever that one is. Um, right. That uh, it just that that combination is just see you later. You know, you just you just put on put on those headphones, <laughs> lay down. It'll relax, whatever you're doing, just close your eyes and you just time travel. It's amazing.
0: So, this is a really nerdy question.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm sorry for this, but how do you get your music onto your Aston and Kern? Do you like rip CDs to flack? I mean, super old school downloads, streaming. What
1: do you do? Uh, I do, I just go to HD tracks. Okay. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I just buy my music mainly on HD tracks. I know that there's, um, what's the other service? Deezer. Um has Deezer
0: is a streaming service, yeah,
1: yeah. Don't they have are they are they downloadable at all? I guess no. I guess Deezer was just it's just native to the uh, the Aslan Current player the, along with title, um, right? Uh, but with title, you can actually download uh, tracks as well. But uh, yes, I, I was doing mainly mainly HD tracks. I know that there's another service, and I'm forgetting, it, forgetting the name of it. But they also Kobus. sell what is it? Is it Cobo's?
0: They also sell stuff. Kobus?
1: uh maybe. Uh, that doesn't sound familiar. I, I can't remember the other one. I, I checked it out and I was like, eh. Hmm. I just, the HD tracks, it's still very kind of like very PC looking, <laughs> like the interface. Oh, totally,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. They're,
1: but they're making an effort and their down, their they're, uh, downloaders is great. I actually use the older version of the downloader because it's much more uh. user friendly than the, the new one. But um, yeah, so that's that's how I do it. And then now that I have Tidal on there and I have a Tidal account with the Hi Fi um, uh-huh. subscription. I sometimes use that, but I'm always suspicious, you know, of like streaming, even though it's supposed to be like, you know, high res. I like, I still am old fashioned in that. I like having the file, um, right? You know, me a, too. A unit, yeah.
0: I like to have something that nobody can take away from me.
1: Yes, right. Like it just doesn't, so it just doesn't disappear magically. Right,
0: yeah. So you should check out the Cobas. Not, well, they're a streaming service, but they also have um, a download store as well. It's Q-O-B-U-Z. Um, Z okay. with an American Q- accent, Q- even though I'm British-Australian, just in case, case people are confused.
1: <laughs> Brit-Australian. Well,
0: I, Brit-Australian, <laughs> that's what I am, yeah. Every time um, I say something with, a, with an American accent, I get hammered in, in the YouTube comments. Even <laughs> though that's how Australians talk, they tend to take the American um, yeah. versions of words. So,
1: yeah, like, like say sweater, yeah. not and, oh. Sometimes you say jumper, but it's a mix actually. Some people say sweater, some people say jumper in Australia. Um,
0: I would still say jumper, but yeah, sweater. I obviously this more of the American term, but yeah.
1: Cobus, got but it. Yeah,
0: Cobus is really
1: good. Cobus.
0: Um, it's it's and also you can integrate it as a streaming service on your Aslan Kern player. Do you ever do Spotify, Reggie, or is that kind of against your religion? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, I was against Spotify. I mean, my problem is that I, I have a subscription to pretty much every service. Uh, mm. You know, I have Amazon HD Music, uh. Uh, which, you know, was boasting the highest resolution streaming streaming quality, uh, apparently. Um, and then Spotify was kind of lagging a little bit, and obviously iTunes is way behind. Um, yeah. iTunes could have made the move to go with, like, you know, max resolution, uh, mastering quality audio. And yet for some reason they haven't. Um, but, uh, yeah. So yeah. Tidal, uh, Spotify, Deezer, um, and iTunes, I guess, and Amazon. Yeah. I guess I said that already, but, um, yeah. So I, I Spotify, I always like, I was just suspicious of for a long time. Mm. Um, cause I wasn't sure about the audio quality, uh, streaming to me is is a is a weird vibe. I think of it as a convenience factor, obviously. Completely. Yeah. It's it's super convenient, but I don't know if it's the ultimate for listening to you know, if you really want to have a good listen to something. I think it's more for like, I gotta listen to this now, or we're at a party, or I'm uh, you know, we're in my car and oh what's that song? Oh yeah, let's find that song. It's it's more that vibe for me. Um uh yeah. So yeah, I'm a little suspicious, but I, I use it. I use it. The algorithms are really nice. I think that they're kind of better than some mm. of the others.
0: So I think now with some Aston Kern players, you can install the native Android versions of Tidal, Koba's, Spotify, which allows you to offline content. So here's something you could try. Ooh. You could go to Tidal, get the app running, and then get a Tidal and offline, you know, using the download button button, a bunch of albums. Oh wow. And- and then you could listen to those natively as if because they are temporarily stored on your Aston Kern player oh sick i right. got to try that and you could do that and then because for me i mean i'm not so much into these portable players anymore because i don't want a second device and i've got a phone that sounds very very good an right. lg v40 now it's right. probably not as good as the aston kern but it's good enough that i don't have to carry two devices but right being right, right. A, being able to offline content is pivotal to my listening experience when i'm out of the house you know i don't i don't want to have to kind of go to my server and go okay get my mac get the flag file drag it across onto my Mac's desktop okay now i've got to plug my phone in oh no i can't do that because it's android it doesn't talk very well okay i'll get the, <laughs> I'll get the micro sd card out that's a that's a pain in the ass as well like get the adapter drag it onto the sd card then play it no it's <laughs> that's, that's just a nightmare <laughs> so, yes so offloading for, off oh offloading offlining stuff from tidal and kobos is something I do quite a lot. And Spotify as well, if you know, because some albums are not available on Tidal and Kobos now on Spotify.
1: I, I do have to say like I'm definitely gonna try that. And I do have to say that I uh, I bought an original Dragonfly um, uh, you know audio quest Dragonfly I got the whatever the red one is. Um, oh yeah yeah and then I got the new the new one, the blue the one. Cobalt. Yeah, yeah the cobalt uh, and i have to say like even with the iphone and i know that you know the phone that you're talking about is has an amazing has uh, it just sounds really amazing natively um it does. but but uh, man it's 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 crazy i mean yeah and i i agree with you like having a second device sometimes i like the second device because uh, there's something like there's a commitment there you know yeah like, like, yeah, yeah yeah like yeah. all this thing does is this I'm not right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start looking at Instagram. I'm not gonna start looking at or whatever my emails or you know. I'm I'm just gonna listen to music and all this thing does mm. is play music. So it kind of brings me back to Walkman days, which I also collect uh, vintage Walkmans as well. But do you really? Uh, I have a. How I many do you have? Th- I have a few. I have three. I have an original sports Walkman. Um, is that the yellow one? The yellow one, yeah, with the gaskets and uh, the. Uh-huh. Little, um, and then I have a. Uh, I forget the name of it because again, Sony names things with crazy numbers. Um, but it's one of the it was one of the highest raid, rated at the peak time of portable cassette player uh, cassette players. Mm-hmm. And I got two of them um, and <laughs> and they were really expensive <laughs> and they came they really? came they came with like their own the cases, but the cases over time, you know that the whatever materials they were using, they kind of like sometimes get stuck to the player yeah. itself very very weird but the players work excellently and i just use like the regular um i forget the again the model of the this you know that standard sony headphones the the over ear kind of the most standard
0: yeah i don't sony know the model headphones. i mean it's, yeah, um, yeah okay.
1: people usually I, leave, leave the blue digital sticker on there without taking it off but uh anyways <laughs> I, I use those because it's just kind of like a nice pairing and it sounds great i mean it it just it sounds different, you know. It's just a different sound, but I do like, I, I do like dedicated uh, devices sometimes. Because I, because I, I, I always sometimes say like the future is um, is uh, proprietary, like not not in the sense of like in that, uh, not not in the sense of like you know what what Apple would do with like or what technology companies would do with with uh, power cables or you know mm-hmm. or, or you know and that's changing. Thankfully, you know, we're getting cable agnostic these days, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, I, I do like, Oh, this thing. Yeah. This is just a camera. Uh, this thing, this, it just plays music and, and there's something kind of comforting about it. Like if you wanted to just take a vacation and uh, minimize, uh, kind of hobble your communications abilities, um, just leave them, like strip them down to something really basic and then just have these dedicated media devices. There's something kind of comforting about it
0: to so me. You like, single-purpose devices yeah yeah is that is that because they minimize the distractions
1: they do yeah elsewhere for sure yeah they minimize the distractions and also my frustration with uh modern multimedia uh uh portable computers uh communicators Mm. internet communicators is uh there's just too many options it's just it's everything is in it your whole existence, your old digital existence is is there. So if you have notifications turned on for some apps and you get a notification, but you're on your way to do a different task, then you might get sidetracked, uh, and check that notification. And then I'm like, to myself, what was I doing? Oh yeah, I was yeah I was I was doing this. Right. Okay, so I was doing this. And then I go back to that, and then I'm like, oh well maybe and then I go through my, you know, that cycle, we all have cycles that we move through. It's like I'm checking email, I'm gonna go to right. IG, I'm gonna check DMs off of this, I'm gonna go to text messages, oh I'm better check email again, you know, and then I'm just doing this cycle, this tour over and over and over again. Mm. And I think it kind of makes us while it's it's useful and I do like it i'm addicted to it uh i do think that there's kind of a relief in um you know like a a pencil and a pad of paper uh there's there's something that's really nice to know that all all i'm doing is this and it's not going to do anything else i don't have a fear of being distracted and so that's generally my relationship to my phone is like oh i love it but then but then a lot of times it's, it's, <laughs> it's like, I'm just very angry at it because it uh, you know, the, an app needs to be updated or the phone gets rid of an app in the background because I hadn't used it in a couple weeks or, mm. uh, you know, the, the Bluetooth is not working for some reason in conjunction with the device I'm using. And, uh, then the Wi-Fi is not working. And so I'm, I'm constantly, I'm a tech and my own tech, I'm going into like sub menus and sub menus and checking things and coming back out and checking to see if it works and then restarting the phone, kind of like what happened, you know, today. Um, And I get frustrated with technology because I think by 2020, this is ridiculous. We shouldn't have to be dealing with any of this crap. Um, And a lot of it has to do with just poor design and propriety uh, people fighting for standards and Mm. uh, capitalism kind of reinforcing that, like you need to own this thing and you need to dominate the standard. Um, So things don't cooperate very nicely together. Um, And I don't know, I just, I go on and on about it, but it just, it really gives me a lot of stress. So sometimes Mm. when I have like a device like the Ascalon Kern, I'm like, all I'm going to do is listen to some music. You know, (laughs) that's nice.
0: But also the tactile experience of, so the tactile experience of a laptop, it's the same if you're sending an email or playing a tune from Tidal, or from Spotify, or if you're typing a Word document, or if you're editing your own Wikipedia page or whatever. You know, like all of those things feel the same. It's a keyboard and a trackpad. Whereas if you kind of cut over to like your Walkman fetish, then it's just just a different – it's a wildly different tactile experience with buttons that have resistance and sometimes they might get sticky and sometimes one button might – you know, the forward button might be a bit looser than the rewind button yeah, and it has its own sort of personality, which laptops and phones really don't have anymore. And so th- I guess there are, yeah, obviously it's super efficient most of the time to use these things, but right, I understand, I understand why, because I, I mean, I love um, normal cameras, right? Yeah. Obviously I use them for my job as well, but you know, the feel of a normal camera is wonderful and it's, It's a pity, actually, because I just wish they were smaller so I could take them out and put them in my pocket and have them for when I want to take a phone photo wherever I am. Because most of my Instagram is just done with my phone and a few filters,
1: right? Um, Of course, because it's the camera in your
0: pocket. Yeah, Yeah. it's a camera. It's the one I've got with me. So you know, it's a pity we can't sort of take all. I mean, but your rucksack would you know have a Walkman and a camera and a phone, a laptop, um, your Aston Kern player. Twenty-eight pairs of
1: headphones. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, you know, it's like I, uh, you know, my 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 goal is to find uh, is to try to get at the head of the wave, you know, it, you know, and have conversations with technology companies to try mm. to steer them in a direction that's more just just creates a better reality for users. You know, um, I right. I, th- I think that there's nothing wrong with, like, for instance, I thought the best phones, uh, my the funnest time that i had with cellular phones uh mm. was the the nokia era uh when they were releasing their in-series phones which they dubbed mm. handheld uh computers um handheld kind of like computation communicator mm. devices and there was something really wonderful about these you know these uh, scroll you know like there was like a not quite a scroll wheel, but it was like a toggle wheel that did, like, scrolling, but you could also click it in at the yes, same time. Yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could just swim through data really, really easily. I, I would argue that Bluetooth and generally getting around menu navigation was way more fun on those phones than they are on an iPhone. Because I find, or any, you know, modern glass rectangular smartphone, Yeah, because, because, the, each, because the display isn't perfect. It always... Uh, you have to... My problem with these phones is that you have to adapt to the phone, Um, meaning the error rates that occur for false presses, unintentional Mm. mistakes, um, not registering a press, are so high, they're unacceptable. Um, Mm. I I find myself almost wanting to throw a phone, like, so often, when I'm like, I'm gonna go here, and I'm gonna go, nope, I'm gonna go here, (laughs) and I'm gonna, nope, I'm gonna go, okay. Oh, okay. Just breathe. Okay, so I'm gonna press this, then I'm gonna press this. You know, and then I have to. Oh, I have to press lighter, or I have to. You know, like I, I hate it. I don't. I don't like it when technology feels frail mm. and delicate. And to me, that's what phones feel like. They feel very delicate and uh, and temperamental. And I approach them as such right off the bat. Maybe that's me just being biased, but I think that there might be a future where we're able to kind of uh, prefer different form factors for devices. Someone's going to create some kind of a company where you can just use the iOS system but import it to a a device that uh, has uh, physical switches um, and buttons that you can press that have a very, very low failure rate. Um, And I think that that's that's kind of what I like. I like slipping into something um, like, you know, like for instance, the equipment that I use for my performances Mm-hmm. Uh, I started out with a Line Six DL4. It pretty much works all the time. Sometimes they they will break down, but when they break down, they really break down. Um, right. And but the failure rate, uh, and I, I like I don't fear it. Like I plug in my microphone and I just start going, and the buttons just work, the dials work, the buttons work, and they hit every time. And if they don't hit, I know why it didn't work is because I I failed, not that right. the, the technology didn't fail. So. It's hard to have that experience with most technology generally you have to get it you have to get it dialed into a sweet spot and then hope that it keeps running that way is is generally the feeling uh, with mm. lap, laptops editing like going into a studio. There's always an issue with a dongle or a a wire that you have to track down. You're just doing all this troubleshooting. (laughs) Is it the wire? Is it the power source? Do we need to restart it? Is it a soft restart? (laughs) Oh, it's incompatible because you have the new operating system, and that company hasn't updated to that standard. So we have to revert to the earlier operating system. Okay, so we're going to do that. Um, What's going on with the speakers? We're hearing this weird buzz. Okay, let me check. I think it's the wire. No, it's actually the software. The software, there's a glitch with the audio interface, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's just to me, unacceptable. I think for the prices that you're paying, that we're all paying, for mm. these these uh, these kind of like, I don't know, I guess they're, they're just hyper-digital, one type of interface experiences, or in the case of computers, like a trackpad and, and keyboard. The failure rates are so high, and the the fact that you have to become kind of a low-level engineer uh, to operate them Yes, yes, it is, is kind of... It's just, some people get off on it, you know, they get off on, like, keeping their, that machine tuned, you know, did I do the update? I updated, no, let me run a, you know, first aid on my disk and, you know, but I think, like, none of that should exist. I think, like, it should be more joyful to use technology and more, and just easier, you know, you just plug it in. I mean, I will say, like, the AudioQuest Cobalt, you just plug it in and it works, and it indicates Mm. that it's working because it just turns white, and you're like, oh, okay, great, Uh, it's working, and I, I will say that that is a piece of technology. When I plug it in and plug in my headphones, it works, I think, pretty much every time. Um, and I don't fear it not working.
0: But I think that's also because it's a single-purpose device, whereas computers are right sort of, they're a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none. Yes. You're right? So right. I guess if somebody could design a computer that just, you know, no, in your case, just recorded audio. Yes. Right? That's all it did. Yes. I think... Yeah, maybe. I mean, I hate to invoke the ghost of Linux, but those <laughs> kinds of things can be fashioned pretty easily, I think, nowadays, because there are computers that just work as music servers. Right. Or, you know, like, and, and so a Linux music server will just, I mean, I've had many, and they just run without fail. And there's... I mean, it depends upon the company that's also supplying the platform or whether it's community-developed or not. But generally, right. I have zero issue with those things, especially if they're community-developed, because, you you know, I guess nerd pride won't allow bugs to sort of linger. Or if they do, it's for a very good reason. It's usually because there's some kind of hardware issue. You know, yes. because Intel haven't done that thing that they said they were going to do three years ago.
1: So, right, right, right. Um, yeah, you're right the, about yeah. that. That's that's been right. a dream for a long time. By the way, you just you just said exactly what I've always dreamed <laughs> dream of. <that> <laughs> right. It's a computer that just it just does music. We just record music. We record music onto it, and uh, it just just works.
0: Yeah, I guess you could. I mean, if you, I guess you could take a bunch of different laptops and then fashion them into the devices that you want but uh, even that in and of itself is a massive pain in the ass i mean you've got it because then you have to become an expert in that yes you know yeah. like everybody has to become i mean i have to become an expert now in premiere pro like i've started editing my own videos yeah. a year ago i knew nothing yes and now i know something but uh, not enough to kind of solve all of my problems but you know enough to create them <laughs> so. yeah
1: oh my gosh Yeah, I know, I know. It's, you know, it's a, it's an ongoing thing. I mean, I will say that even in my profession with, you know, using looping pedals, there's still not a looping pedal that Mm. is to me, just build it right and solve it. And we're done. You know, like uh, they, they, you know, that's why most of the gear that I use, like, you know, my, do you know, beardy man? I do.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So he's super, super evil genius, dude. Um, and, you know, he's created his own uh, looping software that he uh, created for iPads, and he uses multiple iPads for interfaces uh, uh-huh. for his looping system. And he has, like, you know, it's an amazing system. I mean, and he really understands that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I have a Line 6 DL4. I have an EHX 95000, which is a six-track looper, um, and a Reaper uh-huh. pedal. Right. So so they're they're just those pedals each do exactly what they do. They don't do anything more, they do they don't do anything less. But I can do for, for many years I was just touring with just the line six. That's all I had. But uh it because they only do that, it's just it they it just works like every time. It's you know, mm. and, and that level of confidence is what I desire in all of the things that I use. You know, even a car, like cars are smart now and the, the car I have currently, sometimes I'll start it up. Sometimes the, the PCM doesn't start up, the, the, the center console won't be synchronized with the other thing, and I'm like, oh, uh, no. I don't like that feeling. You know, like, I want to start the yeah. car. It starts up, the system start up, and then I just drive it. It's like, <laughs> and, uh, and so now I have a fragile relationship with the car. Like, it's, it's just weird, I get into the psychological thing, like once something doesn't work the way it's supposed to work, I then view it as very delicate, and so I'm expecting it to fail, which is a terrible. I don't think manufacturers and designers want that.
0: Well, I guess this is the world of computers, isn't it? Because they can be horribly temperamental, far more so than mechanical devices. Yes, Um, like you say, because of conflicting versions of software with operating system, blah blah blah. Yeah, but I want like when can I ask you? You know, when you come to record music, I mean, are you just going straight into a laptop? And I guess my question is specific to the album you made with John Tejada as Wahata. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you, I mean, if you're collaborating, do you just go to his house and do the vocals into a mic? Or do you do them at home and then email them across? I mean, what do you do?
1: No, we do it in in person. Um, I go over Mm. to his house and he has the mic and, you know, we uh, I sit down and he might have a, a skeleton of something, or maybe we build something, you know, I'll do a baseline. He does some drums and I'll add some key stuff. Um, and then, and then I just sing over it, you know, improvise a bunch of stuff and mm. then we move on to the next track. Um, it's pretty quick, very, very fast and very simple. Um, and, you know, and to, to you know, on this subject that we're talking about, you know, about this kind of difficulties and temperament, mm. the temperament of, uh, computers uh you know that's why i, I generally t- try to work with experts that are great great at what they do so i'm right. not responsible for like engineering like make you know make sure that the machine is running optimally um yeah. and with john he's so incredible with computers and audio software you know and and as you know like he he consults with ableton and makes suggestions on their software and stuff like that mm. so um He's amazing at that. So when I show up, it is magical. It is the technolo- technological future we were promised. You know, it's uh, I just, right because
0: he's already he's sorted out. He's ironed out all the creases, so you can just literally just hold the microphone and or put on a stand and go. Right? Exactly. You don't have to, you don't have to debug the situation.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, frustrating. It takes. out, I mean, because the thing is, like, what I do, I, I'm, I'm my the biggest asset that I have is the ability to have an idea and to express mm. the idea. And mm-hmm. anything that comes between that, you know, I, I imagine a freshness meter. You know, it's like if the idea is in its nascent form, it's at 100% freshness. Suddenly the computer crashes. We've got to reboot the computer, got to check this, check that. Uh, then the freshness meter just starts to degrade. It just degrades very quickly. So, um, not to say you can't get it back, but there's work involved to do that. Yeah. And, and I'd rather stay in a joyful, excited state to create. Um, and that's what, you know, and that's why I always appreciate going into a studio with someone like John, if I'm like, oh, can we do this? And he's just like, you know, done. It's okay. What what else do we need to do? Oh, let's do this. Okay. Hold on. Okay. You're ready. You know? And I'm like, okay, great. This person moves as fast as I can create. And that's my dream. That's how, that's how it should be. And that's, that's what it's like with him.
0: So this might explain why you opted for B and O speakers because you plug them in and they spend Millions of dollars and hours and hours and hours of development time, making sure those things just work every time, all the time, right? Yeah, they, they mostly work. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I attempted to <laughs> fight that, didn't I? I know, <laughs> okay. I, know I know.
1: No, I, I, I will say, like you know, because you're dealing with wi- wireless is the issue. Yeah, um, and wireless. It's also weird when you when you buy a wireless when you buy an audio system that that you know, especially B&O, that has their own proprietary. Wireless transmission system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know their boxes change, so you know. So I might have a box, uh, whatever. There, I forget the, They had like two boxes that looked almost identical, which really sucked. One was a one was kind of like a a, a media hub, and then the other one uh-huh. was a, a transmitter right. uh, to to the speakers, whichever speaker system that you have, and uh, that sometimes would would crap out uh oh, okay. sometimes. then they came out with the core which i have and that is much more reliable in in general mm. in general it, i would say my speakers work now about 90% of the time which is which is pretty decent but to but to be fair almost all wireless audio systems and i you know and i have two uh DVLA, um yes uh speakers which David. are the uh the Phantoms, uh, not right? the Phantom, the Reactor. I have two okay, reactors, of, yeah, right. yeah, um, for on either side of my bed because I like to listen to music sometimes in bed, and so I just wanted to, like some small speakers there.
0: Yeah,
1: and I and I did have a Debuté Phantom, um, an older Phantom, and I just had so many issues with that speaker. Uh, you oh. know, first of all, where's the power switch? Uh, <laughs> second of all, uh, just put a power switch on it. It's totally fine, guys. I get it. Innovation. Just put a nice old fashioned switch that just goes on and off. No, no, no big deal. Um, but that, I had a lot of issues with that speaker. Sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. Uh, the DEVLA, like I definitely had, the, or the reactors, I've had issues with those. I mean, they paired really easily. It was really nice, but then they kind of lost their pairing status after a while, then I huh. had to reset the speakers. And I don't know, sometimes I think with wireless, it could be me. Maybe I emit some kind of a weird field, uh, because I do have a lot, of, I buy a lot of You know, if you were to look at my, I'm sure your phone is similar. But if you look at your phone, in the Bluetooth, you know, uh, to show all the the devices that are uh, that are available to pair with, I mean, it's insanely long, and it has so many headphones on there. Like, you know, the Mm. the newest uh, W whatever X one hundred M three thousand Sony earbuds, which I saw your review on, which was great, Um, and. uh, I have those you know i have i have all yeah. uh, Air, I have four pairs of airpods airpod pros <laughs> i have i have um you know because I have one in my different car you know like in my car yeah, and yeah. I have one on the desk because sometimes I don't have it on me so i have that and I have like the you know whatever the 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 sony over ears the uh bO uh, uh h9s I've got like so many pairs of wireless headphones including weird ones that are you know um that are supposed to have some new surround sound system. Mm. And, and, and so, but I, so I don't know if it's a matter of just like having so many devices paired, but that shouldn't matter. Uh, but I definitely have issues, uh, with, uh, wireless devices and, um, yeah, long-winded, but, but when you reminded me of the B&O thing, I was like, yeah, they work most, most of the time for wireless speakers. They're definitely the most successful speakers I have.
0: Are you more comfortable with wires
1: Ultimately I am. It's, 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 it's back and forth. I, I like wires because it's plugged in. You, you know, it's, you know, it's plugged in if it's not working, then, you know, there are other issues, but generally wires are great. Um, but what I hate about wires is that they're wires, you know? So when I look, (laughs) when I look, when I look at the back of, uh, you know, my, my cabinet and there's just tons of wires and I'm, and I'm thinking, well, this is a pretty, I've pared this down to the essential devices. And even oh. doing so, there's still like, you know, 10 wires with power, you know, power and wires and fiber optic cables and all this stuff. So I do like wires once they're set up and they're neatly tucked away and they go mm. away. I, I, I appreciate wires um and i like setting up stuff with wires like i love setting up music gear i love like going in and going okay this is in out in out connecting in out power 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 this is wireless is battery blah blah blah. whatever and then making them all work together i do like it but um but i yeah but sometimes i go insane like even with my my uh vr headset i have a you know there's always a long cable for the higher end high resolution headsets they haven't figured out which they totally could, but they, but, uh, they haven't figured <laughs> out a, a just a foolproof wireless method of transmitting um, high uh, high bits of data. But just having a receiver in the headset um, mm. to a device that just focuses on transmitting data, which they do, uh, they did have a version for that for the HTC Five, um, and I had it uh, for a while, and it was flawless; it always worked. Um, but they need to create a universal standard. So, in in short, the. If there's a uni- if there's a better universal standard for uh, wireless audio transmission that's that just works really really robustly because everybody's involved in it, um, that's that's kind of the ultimate thing because I still don't trust like when I'm listening to Bluetooth you know headphones and I love the AirPod Pros so I think they're great and yeah. I even have the the compliance there um, are the comply uh, tips that I got for them uh, which oh, okay. make, which give them a really nice seal. Uh, they, they, they sound, they sound good. They're they're, they're good. They're good sounding for, for the convenience factor. Yeah. They, they sound great and they pretty much work every time they do glitch out on occasion, but I would say they work 90, maybe 95% of the time. So, but I'm always thinking, oh, this isn't the best audio experience, but it's the most convenient, best audio experience. Cause I would say that in my experience with, with
0: Bluetooth headphones, Bluetooth itself is pretty damn robust. Like I, I very rarely have a connection issue. Far less often than I might do with a Wi-Fi connection. Although if I get a network streamer here, um, I tend to favor using an Ethernet cable just to eliminate any sort of right early hours anxiety. You know, like because if we get a new product, I just don't, I don't want to have to be kind of going why won't it play a single goddamn song? Right. So I, I just go I just go with the Ethernet cable. But yeah, Bluetooth is pretty good. I mean, for me, if they if, if Bluetooth did lossless audio, yeah. it would be the biggest, it would have the largest, well, you know, that, that, yeah, that would have the largest impact on my life that. And if Spotify went to hi-fi and did lossless as well, like yes. if I had those two things, oof,
1: my life I, would be very different. <laughs> I, 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 I know. I mean, and with 5g it's, it's, it's possible, um, you know, yeah. But I, I guess, possible. as I
0: always, I, I mean, this is the thing that I always come back to there with 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 lots of streaming is and I know it doesn't affect Americans quite as much because you guys tend to have unlimited mobile data plans, right? Yeah. So in Germany we don't. In Australia we didn't. I don't know about now. I don't think it exists. But um, so I mean, my data plan is like limited to 15 gig, and that's quite generous for Germany. So if wow. you imagine streaming. You know, not offline content, but it's just streaming out in the street. You'd, you'd you'd eat all that up within about twenty albums, and it's gone. Yes, months. Right. right. And So, and I'm somebody who is attentive enough to monitor that. So, you imagine uh, your average teenager going, "Why, you know, with their with, with their prepay phone, like pay as you go, whatever you call it. Yeah, why is my why why is, why is my three gig gone? All I did was play." you know, six Spotify albums. And I think right. that's the user experience problem that possibly Spotify faces when they, you know, thinking about flipping that switch. I'm guessing, but I'm yeah. thinking it's that.
1: Well I mean, you know, as as long as it's a tiered system, you know, uh mm. I, I think that I think that the the future it's like about I think networks will figure out a way to make data available. Like data uh we won't have to charge so much for data itself. If the systems right. are super efficient, um, and uh, and then it becomes about the experiences, um, and you pay a base price, you know, subscription price. Maybe there's a two tiered, you know, uh, thing or something like that. But uh, I think like once we have like these crazy data speeds, people are going mm. to rely on it. The company is going to rely on it for new things because then the network becomes part of the computing solution. Um, right. as, opposed, as opposed to just like a highway to transmit, you know, data. It's like, well, you got to wait for that semi to get to the city, you know. Instead, it's it's more like instantaneous, almost like time travel. So then it becomes an actual part of the the computing system. So then we have like cloud fog computing mixed with mm. hardware devices and software devices, and they're all working as one system. Um, I think that'll I think that'll change quite a bit the way that our uh, or at least the pricing the pricing of, of uh, our experiences
0: yeah i hope so
1: yeah i hope so i mean <laughs> it should be
0: <laughs> so i'll ask you one one last question reggie yeah. okay with all the things we've spoken about today would you call yourself an audiophile
1: uh yes uh yeah a hundred percent um all right yeah because i care i care about it you know i care about. Um, I care about, well, first and foremost, I care about protecting my ears. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy being able, I, I enjoy listening to things so much. So, so primarily good audio, um, audio that's cared about uh, generally should have the listeners, listen, you know, ears in, in mind. Mm. And, uh, and I know that, you know, a lot of people will, just crank music and listen to it you know, loud. And I try to tell my younger friends like, you know, be careful of your hearing, you know, you need that for the rest of your life. And Mm. um, if you get better headphones, you'll hear more detail. And, uh, and if you keep it at a, you know, lower volume, I guarantee you'll get used to it. And then you'll still be able to hear all the detail. Yeah. Um, So, so I I try to, so I'm an audiophile in the sense that I I am an audiophile. I love uh, the, just the resolution of the music that I'm listening to, um, mm-hmm. and obviously the music itself matters a lot. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, but you know, from the source file to uh, the system that's using to reproduce it to the, the loudspeakers that are on my, on my ears or that I'm listening out in the open, definitely so, but I also include in that um, hearing safety because if you're an audiophile, all you got is your ears. <laughs> you know, so uh, you, can, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Have, you have to protect your ears um and so yeah so i i i I, yeah i'm an audiophile for sure
0: good stuff that's good to hear well reggie thank you so much for taking your time out today to talk to me about all things audio in your life um i know you're a very busy chap so i appreciate you you know squeezing us in um yeah thank you so much
1: Yeah, my absolute pleasure. I'm a huge fan. So um, I'll, I'll be listening and following for as long as you keep doing that.
0: You have been listening to the Darko Audio Podcast with me, John Darko, and my guest today, Reggie Watts. This episode was produced by Nick McCorriston and music came from Ben Pitt.